Hello. Hi. Welcome to The Fool and the Page. This is a podcast for writers, the tarot curious, and for anybody who's making stories to make sense of things. Hosted by me, your fellow seeker and storyteller, Claire Campbell. So today I am so psyched to honor a listener's request for a card. A fellow seeker, Katina French, who keeps pulling eight of coins or eight of pentacles or eight of crystals, depending on the deck you're using. This would be eight of pentacles in the Smith Rider weight. Uh, thank you so much, Katina, for requesting this card. Um, and um, as as you say, it just keeps showing up. And I hear you. Uh, I love discussing repeating cards. I know I'm not alone here in having cards have these sort of runs where they just keep showing up. Maybe not every time, but maybe every other time um, you're coming to the tarot. And I'm also really happy to to respond to your interpretation of the card, Katina, which I find to be totally on point um, and sort of in alignment with mine. This card is a reminder to focus on craft, process, daily work, as opposed to outcome. And yes, true. But I also understand this can be a hard thing to hear. So we'll get into that. Um, returning cards are, are a message that we should pay attention to. But I think that I think that that can be challenging in a case like this, where when we really feel like we're doing the work day in and day out, and yet feel like we're in the same place. And by the way, Katina didn't say that. (laughs) This is me. (laughs) This is me um, putting my interpretation on it um, and sort of adding this layer. So what I think is interesting about a repeating or returning eight, eights eights are transformation, right? These are the cards of transformation. So while this repeating message may sound like keep doing the work, keep coming back to the page, keep coming back to the canvas, keep coming back to the film, whatever it is you're making. It is also a reminder that you are quietly and assuredly transforming and changing like the butterfly in the chrysalis, assuredly making something new and eventually masterful and complete in its own way. That is happening every time you sit down to do the work. That's the hope of this repeating card. But again, that's that's easy to say. <laughs> so let's dig a little deeper. Uh, so welcome. Welcome storytellers. Welcome fools. Welcome eight of pentacles. All right, so let's let's get the look and feel of this card and... Um, I'm going to reference um, the deck that Katina is using. It's a really delicious deck called Tarot of the Divine by an artist named Yoshi Yoshitani. And this deck is inspired by deities, folklore, and fairy tales from all over the world. And the fairy tale in question, the one used to represent eight of coins, is the story of the wild swans. Now, I think... This is attributed to Hans Christian Andersen, but if 
I've got that wrong. Please let me know. Cause sometimes, sometimes when I say that a fairy tale or a folktale is, um, attributed to a European person, I think, is that, I start to question that and wonder if actually it belongs to a totally other tradition. So let me know if you, if you know a different origin story for the wild swans, I'm just speculating here. Um, this is about a princess who rescues 11 brothers from a spell cast by an evil queen. And our, our heroine is guided by the queen of the fairies to collect these stinging nettles to knit into these shirts, these transformational costumes that will eventually help her brothers regain human form. They've been, they've been turned into swans. And in this story, this princess works really hard in what is really a painful process. And without giving too much away about the ending, which you may already know, um, she doesn't see the results for a long time. And only after much hardship. Now, what I like about Yoshi Yoshitani's interpretation here in this card other than this like really vibrant, gorgeous illustration, especially these like swans taking flight behind this redheaded princess, this like really bright, rich um, color and sharpness of the of the nettles that she's sewing together. Um, what I love is the face, her face. It's like so fucking determined. Like she won't let anything get in the way of this transformation that she's seeking. And while it may be on the brother's behalf, it's also on her own because like everybody's persecuting her for being a witch. <laughs> so like, <laughs> you know, she's, she's not in a great place herself despite still being human. Um, okay. So again, it's, it's her transformation and eight of pentacles reminds us to return to the work and, and focus less on the eventual outcome and more on uh, the daily grind, so to speak. What does this mean for this card as a repeat card? I think, I think this is a welcome reminder that you are moving toward mastery and, and that you may not see it as a whole, but that the pieces are falling into place. So, but here's the thing about putting your nose to the grindstone. Sometimes you don't want to do it because it feels like you've been doing it for so damn long and you're not seeing any external results. And I'm here to tell you just up front that it's okay to feel frustrated about that. It's okay to feel angry about that. It is okay not to feel crazy positive about returning to the page all the damn time. It's really hard to do that when the only encouragement you might be able to find is the voice inside you that says, keep going, keep going. It's worth it. So if you're if you're between writers groups, if you're between writing partners, if you're between support systems, or you're just seeking it in the first place, allow me in this moment to be that voice for you right here, right now. Keep going. It's worth it. And one reason it's worth it to keep returning to that daily work, to that daily grind, is it will help you embrace imperfection. So one way to keep going is is to just let go of any attachment to these future goals. That will enable you to 
really embrace this idea that imperfection can be wild. Imperfection can be experimental and adventurous, even in the daily work. Because if you're not thinking on the future and you're not concerned about what it's all going to look like, where it's going to live, then you can be truly experimental. Now, I know some of you are thinking like, okay, I'm on contract for this thing and I can't be wildly adventurous with it every day. I've got to finish it by January 15th or whatever. Um, Okay. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. But if we are cultivating a daily process that embraces imperfection and allows for time for making those mistakes, and if we come back to that every day, you will get faster moving from the place of imperfection and this kind of experimentation to the place of eventual mastery. Some of us have five minutes a day for, for that. Some of us have two hours a day for that. Some of us are lucky to have most of the day for that. Everybody's in a different place, but I do think that <laughs> maybe if you have less time, and especially if you're not getting paid, you should be embracing the notion that you will m- make mistakes in order to take the great risks that will make the great story. So where was I? I've gotten off on a tangent. Um, For example, if, if I'm thinking about how the novel that I'm working on will match up with current trends or have like an appealing hook, it does neither of those things. (laughs) By the way, it does neither. Um, Then I will be focused solely on the hook and not on the characters and how they evolve. And the characters are the most important thing. And I'm not saying that the two things can't have a relationship with each other. I just don't think it's going to be as deep or impactful. And if you disagree, please tell me. I, I'm, I'm happy to hear <laughs> um, all the takes on this, all the takes on this. We can all use all the takes on this. Um, I also think that if you're being wildly experimental in the daily work, it can help you reach that inevitable hook. Because when you're working more mindfully and a a sort of like more meditative way of making, I think those things come to you. Let the hook come to you, man. You don't have to force it. All you have to do is the work. All you have to do is the work. And I think that's, that's the hard thing and the most important thing to keep coming back to. All I have to do is the work. All I have to do is the work and releasing the notion of it having to be something tomorrow. Um, I think it's also important to realize that working on your craft is not always writing. (sighs) Same goes for acting. Working on your craft as a performer is not always acting. We need to refill the creative well with thought provoking art, literature, film, whatever. I just, y'all, I just did an interview with Gloria Sai, an actor who's doing this virtual play with, it's a, it's a May West play with this cast of actors from all over the country. It's a thing. People, people are, are making things and sharing them. They're just sharing it in different ways. We can still, if it's available to us, if we can buy the ticket, and I don't think they're that expensive, I'll definitely put, put the URL for Glow's 
play in the podcast description, we can take advantage of that. It feels like sometimes we've been shut out of the art world and we're only seeking it online and it feels a little bit less meaningful. But I think we have to work a little bit harder to seek out these opportunities where people are making new things and use those to refill the well. Um, if we can, we need to be taking walks. Sometimes that's writing, really. Now, am I working on my craft while I'm watching America's Next Top Model? Mm, that's a fine, it's a fine line. <laughs> now, if, if all the contestants are sobbing at once, and I start to think about, you know, like this overculture that prizes youth and like cisgendered beauty and tells you that like, if you're not like a young, like straight, tiny, preferably white woman, that you're definitely not valuable and definitely disposable. Okay. That's, that's got me thinking about some interesting, <laughs> some interesting themes that maybe I could incorporate into my work. And maybe it's, maybe it's thought provoking, but y'all let's be honest. Mostly I think I'm just melting my brain. But this is going to be a different call for it, for everyone. And I think, I think the question to ask yourself is, if what you're doing beyond writing, beyond making, inspires you to return to the proverbial page, to return to the stone that you're cutting, to return to the screenplay you're writing, whether that's a movie, an album, a walk, it's worth spending time on those things if it inspires you to return. And I think that's furthering your craft. Absolutely. Speaking of taking walks, I, I took like a really magical one the other night and the moon was almost full. It was going to be full like 12 hours from the time that I, that I saw it. Um, or not quite even, um, it, there was this, um, thick like cloud bank and the moon was rising above it. And so it looked as if it was like sailing along the border of the clouds, like sailing just above this like silvery line of cloud. And it was moving in and out and in and out. I was walking my dog. I saw a fox, a fox. I saw a fox like dart through the neighborhood. Just all these magical things. And I, I was catching just little glimpses of the moon because the clouds kept covering it. And then it would, it would like appear and then it'd be hidden and then appear and then be hidden. And I think sometimes that's what it's like to, to glimpse the eventual mastery or completion of a cycle that we're working toward. And okay, even, even if it has that external marker, once you reach it, it's not going to feel like you're suddenly a master. In real life, okay, you're not going to be brought back from the dead by a prince or a fairy queen You'll be moving toward that transformation much more slowly, but we can catch glimpses of it, right? And I think these glimpses, however small, deserve to be celebrated. All right, so if Eight of Pentacles or Eight of Coins was sitting before the artist offering up some advice what would they say? I think eight of coins would suggest make a list of what you've mastered already. We lose track of this. We so lose track of the process. 
What are just some of the small things that you've improved in your craft in the past year? Do this right now if you have time. Or do it tomorrow morning when you first wake up, before you have to handle anything else in the day. Take three minutes for yourself and jot down a list of what you've already mastered. Because this is what I think the repeating eight of coins is suggesting to the seeker. Hey, keep going. You're doing, I keep, nope, keep, keep going because you might not be seeing it, but you are making something gorgeous. You are working towards your mastery and you've got to keep going because I'm telling you right now, it may look different than you imagined, but it's going to be amazing. Keep going, keep going. Um, not just keep going because like you got to do the work, but because doing the work, doing it over and over and returning to the page is moving toward that moment of mastery, the moment when the butterfly emerges from the chrysalis. Secondly, I think eight of coins would suggest the next time you catch a glimpse, like that glimpse of the, of the almost full moon peeking out of the cloud bank, next time you catch a glimpse of your mastery, pause and write it down. Even if it's just to be like, wow, that, that didn't take me long to get into that scene that I thought was going to be tricky. Or, oh, I wrote like a crazy good line of dialogue and that's been my Achilles heel for a while, but I've been working on it and suddenly it's a little bit easier. Pause, take a beat. Celebrate the glimpse of mastery. It's worth it. All right. So thank you again, Katina, for suggesting Eight of Coins. I think it has so much to say for the writer, for the artist. And um, just a quick suggestion. If you want more on the eights in general of the tarot, Lindsay Mack just did a podcast on all the eights um, for her podcast, Wild Soul Tarot. Um, and it's wonderful. So you can check that out. Um, or tarot, sorry, tarot for the wild soul. Um, tarot for the wild soul, tarot for the wild soul. It's great. Um, if you've stuck around, I've got 25 minutes worth of writing prompts for you or simply questions you can ponder and return to later because you're driving right now <laughs> and you can't write. Um, but if you, if you are writing, I encourage you to clear your space, get some paper and a pen or a fresh document open and to move anything else out of the way that you don't need right now. And that definitely includes your phone. And if you're listening on your phone, you can kind of like tuck it behind your notebook, um, or your, or your laptop or a fruit bowl that's on the table. <laughs> and yeah, let's take a deep breath in. And exhale. Okay, first prompt. When was the last time you saw the moon? And I mean really saw it. Or when your character saw it. What was it like? What was the air like? What were you wearing? What were you thinking? I know memory is a fuzzy thing. You might have to make some stuff up here if you're writing creative nonfiction. And if you're writing fiction, hey, pull out all the stops. It can be whatever you want. Was anybody with you? Were you alone? 
We're going to write for eight minutes, so pause and write for eight minutes starting now. And we're back. I want you to imagine that the moon that you saw or your character saw um, also saw you. What did the moon see? What did the moon notice about you or your character that maybe you can't see for yourself all the time? Pause and write for seven minutes. And we're back. Third prompt. Are you ready? Now, when I last saw the moon, I saw a little fox as well running up the street and into the trees. Who else is there in your moon viewing or your character's moon viewing that maybe you didn't notice before? Here's where you may have to do a bit of wild imagining. <laughs> or, or maybe not. Who else is there? And why? Are they in the background? Are they nearby? Are they close by? Are they visible? Pause and write for 10 minutes. Final prompt. Make a quick list of your mastery if you haven't done this already. What have you been quietly accomplishing while coming back to your work time and time again? Take five minutes, make a quick list, starting now. And we're back. Okay. Take another deep breath in and sigh it out. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for writing. Thank you for sharing the podcast. I so appreciate it. And I recommend that you just swap with a friend. Um, share and share alike. Get yourself a little extra creative time um, through a friend's recommendation and then you give them your own. And please follow Fool in the Page on Instagram. It's at Fool in the Page. You can also use that to DM me and request a card, just like Katina did. Just anything that you want to hear about. doesn't have to be a repeating card. Anything that you're interested in and curious about and want to hear more, let me know. I would love to hear your recommendations and suggestions. Thanks again. And until the next time we write together, take care and I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.